Welcome to the Business Maestro with Kerry Wood, talking all things development, growth, team harmony, and getting the best for you out of your business. Every week, Kerry auditions industry leaders, business owners, and individuals who have increased the tempo on their business growth. For a direct line to Kerry, join the Business Ensemble on Facebook. Here's the thing. Kerry is straight up and straight down the middle. There may be some politically incorrect stuff coming your way. If you're into the no-bullshit type of learning, then this podcast is for you. Hey, Kerry here from the Auckland Centre of Business Excellence, the Business Maestro, and we are on a podcast, and this is going to be a podcast that you really, really have to listen to. It's a spectacular day today because we've got one in New Zealand, it's actually probably one of, one of Australasia's leading leadership gurus going to spend some time with us and share her insights, her knowledge, and this is going to be just something you should be listening to. Now, I just want to give you a heads up. If you didn't listen to the introduction, sometimes I might say something that is a little bit pointed. If you're a little bit of a powder puff, you might want to turn off now and, and go and do something else. But we're here for 23 to 30 minutes of really solid, good business leadership stuff. And I know that you in the business community, that's how you like it. So today, our person that we've got on the other end of the microphone, who's going to be giving us all of her influence all of her knowledge everything that she's got going is deb bailey from deb bailey consulting welcome on board deb it's great to be talking to you this morning oh hi kerry thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be here hey deb I, just excuse me for going off track a minute here and i know I, I heard a little rumor that your daughter the one with talent in the family young alex is, is off to alberta ballet school uh, so someone in the family's got a bit of talent deb how did, how did that all happen yeah, well, yes, we're very excited. So um, Alex started doing ballet when she was three and a half. Probably wouldn't call it that then, but anyway. Um, so now she's 16. She's been accepted into the full-time professional program at the Alberta Ballet School in Canada. Um, so yeah, um, if COVID plays nicely, we are hoping to get her on a plane very soon so she can go and start her three years full-time training. Deb, without putting too fine a personal point on it, do we expect to see you soon on that program on TV? What do they call it? Ballet Mums or something? Because my daughter watches that. So do we expect to see Deb Bailey, Ballet Mum? Is this going to be happening? Oh, no. I'll fly that under the radar. It's just a little bit carey. Yeah. All right. Don't say, you know, because, yeah, we've both, uh, we've both got kids and I understand how that is. Okay. Hey, Deb, your specialty is leadership and, and getting, getting people to lead their companies uh, better. Look, just just a couple of moments. What actually do you do, Deb? You're a leadership guru, a leadership coach. What do you do? Yeah, so I'm a leadership coach, trainer, facilitator, and speaker. So what I do is I work with leaders and their teams to help move them from where they are to where they want to be. And I do that by, we do a bit of deep diving around how they're playing their inner game so they can have a far more effective outer game. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. I focus in the areas of leadership, high-performing teams, culture, and strategy. Outstanding. Okay, well, there's never been a time, I don't think, when we've needed leadership more than we need now in the business community. Um, and I think that leaders in the business community, um, you've hopefully agreed that they don't only lead their business, they lead their family, and they lead the community as well. So so the stress on leadership at the moment, Deb, and the current situation is pretty high. What do you think of what we need of leadership right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for those of us here in New Zealand, you know, second, in Auckland anyway, second round of lockdown, uh, it's just tough. You know, leaders have got dispersed teams, they have got, they're remotely working. 
Um, everyone got excited when they could spend a bit more time back together and now, now it's back fragmented again. Um, I think one of the key challenges, Kerry, is this whole concept around, you know, when are we going to return to some kind of normal? And what even is normal? You know, because it's certainly not what we know it, how it was. Things have definitely changed. Um, but I think some of the real stresses for leaders and business owners is, you know, it's the commercial realities of being in lockdown, the disruption um, that that is causing, and how they can not only um, help themselves and not have that self-doubt creep in for them, but as a leader, you've got that almost that added responsibility of, you know, how do I keep checking in with my people? and making sure that, you know, they're okay and everything is going along as best as it can. So, yeah, tough times, absolutely. So you're right. We actually don't know, Deb, you know, as you just said, if, if this is the new normal or what will happen. And uh, one of the discussions I have with all of my clients is that if indeed in Auckland we've closed down or locked down now, if in two months we have another case, do we lock down again? And if two months after that we have another case, do we lock down? And I think it's the uncertainty in my world that causes grief you just you said um a little bit about uh you know leaders uh, and and the, the stress are under and I'm, I'm a great believer in the there's a little thing that says that um uh, uh worry goes to stress which goes to negativity and in the leadership world you know uh that that's challenging so so the abilities of leaders what what should leaders be displaying right now you said communication but you know if, if you're a leader you've got your business one person working with you 500 working with you what should you be displaying right now what should you be doing as a leader yeah and this is interesting isn't it and and i, I think you're right more so now in these times of it's crisis really isn't it you know a lot of a lot of leaders have kind of gone to that crisis management sort of um place so you know, I think one of the key things that leaders need to do right now is um, self-care is a big thing, okay? Self-care, for the, if you're in tip-top shape yourself, you're in a far better position to be able to look after your people, your community, your business, all of those things. Um, for some leaders, you know, I've been working with a, a number of leaders over this time, and they've used this as a time, they've, they've really understood that, you know, the way I was doing my leadership is not working for me in these situations. So uh, what we've been able to do is sort of go, well, okay, let's take a look at how you're doing your leadership. Uh, we'll take a look at that from the inside out and see what kind of impact it's having for you. So, you know, what are your strengths? How can you lean into those? How can you step up um, to get the results you need? What, what are some of your blind spots or derailers? And this is what we call probably more of a stressful situation than, than most normal sort of times. And when we're under pressure or stress, that's when those derailers, our blind spots, can really work against us. So there's always value in having awareness as a leader. What are my derailers? Um, you know, when they come out to play, what does it look like? Because that's the stuff that ultimately has, a, has an impact on our reputation. So we don't want, we don't want that. We can avoid it. And I guess finally, the area is, you know, what, get in touch with, what are the things that really are important to me? What do I value? What are my preferences? What are my motives? Because they're the things that um, can help us make better decisions at this time, not only for ourselves, but our people, our business, our community. So yeah, understanding more around that inner game to have a better outer game.
I like that, uh, Deb, in the game. So, so what you're saying is the first thing, Deb, is that you've got to look after yourself. Healthy mind, healthy body, healthy, healthy go forward. Um, you know, look after yourself first, self-care. And then I'm going to paraphrase what you said next because, you know, just want to, don't want to go over it again. Yeah, but, but there's an opportunity here for leadership change, for leadership growth, for leadership learning. By the way, really good to say that, Deb, because I'm going to dive into that straight after this. And, and, and then there's also the awareness of, of, of what you value. And I suppose that also turns the thing, why you lead or why you do what you do, isn't it? So that's an awareness. And, and then you mentioned about the derailers. Um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll come back to that because I think that's important. Most of us in business are so busy doing what we do that you know we, we miss, we don't see the signs on the way through. And and I'll, I'll just share with you that the biggest thing I've had with in my little clients is every client goes, oh, I, I haven't had time to do that, or I don't have time to do this. And you say to them, well, actually, guess what? Now you've got. Now, you know, in the first lockdown, three or four weeks, now you've got a week. We've got all the time in the world to get this done. So so we've got a leader. The leader's, you know, looking after himself, but he wants to change. He's, he's looked at his, his inner game, and which reflects his outer game. Mm -hmm. So what steps, where can he go to learn? Where can he go other than sitting down with himself? What are, the, what are the availabilities, or how does he learn what to do, or how does he change if he's on his own, in a, or he's in a, a space where he doesn't have, hasn't got a, you know, Deb Bailey working with him? Mm, yeah, so I think um, there's lots of ways that as leaders and, and just as, as humans, we can kind of develop ourselves. Um, I think one of the first things is, first of all, understanding that leadership is the job. You know, whether um, it's not all the, those technical components, perhaps, of our, our past that, you know, in our earlier stages of our career, where we're at now is leadership is the job. So it's actually understanding that and trying to unpack a little bit around, you know, okay, so what is leadership for me? Um, so getting, um, you know, I talked a little bit before around getting some insights around your inner game. And there's some, there's, you, you know, every, I believe every leader should do that. At some point in their leadership career, every leader should have that. That's what's going to really propel them forward. But use some really highly reputable and well-validated tools to do that. Um, you typically need to have someone who will come in and work with you a little bit around that piece because uh, you need someone who's, who's skilled in that area. Um, but, you know, that's what help, helps us attach to those strengths I was talking to before. The blind spots, we start to peel back what they are because... The problem is they're blind spots, so we don't even know we've got them most of the time until someone else helps point those out for us. So getting some clarity around those types of things is important. Um, I think there's an element of getting really clear on the things that matter for you and your business from a strategic perspective. Um, when I work with leaders, I have what I call a leader's dashboard, which is, is sort of focuses leaders on the eight key areas that every leader should have on their radar. So one of the big tasks or one of the big risks, sorry, that we have at the moment is we just get so distracted so easily, don't we? I mean, we've all got smartphones and we're pinging and ponging and stuff's going off left, right and centre. And so we, we get distracted by things. Um, we're in an environment right now where things are really different. So we get distracted by that. We start to question what's important for now. So being vigilant around what we're trying to achieve and why, creating plans that have measures for success, 
and milestones because we need to see our progress as we move along. I think the big thing, um, Kerry, is taking action. You know, taking some form of action is better than doing nothing. And um, if it's not the right thing, we're going to get some feedback and we can make adjustments, but we've got to keep moving forward. Baking in some accountability, you know, whether that's whether you work with someone external to your business or is there in your own support mechanism, what accountability can you bake in so that, you know, you're keeping accountable to the things that you actually want to achieve. And I guess the last two things I would say that leaders should always be focused on is one is build and maintain those relationships. Uh, we all need them to be successful. It's not just our family and friends, but our business community. And it's not just the business community for now. If I have this growth plan for the next sort of five to 10 years, who, if I go out to that 10 year mark, who do I need to have in my sphere of relationships and, and do I have them? Am I working towards building those or not? That's something everyone should be focused on. Um, and look, a big thing at the moment, celebrate the wins, celebrate the successes. You know, it's a pretty awful time in a lot of ways, but you know, there's still so much good stuff that's happening and we've just got to tap into that, be grateful for those moments when they come along. That's 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 great. So so interesting about how you're talking about uh, you know creating plans and out of the plans you know as you say you, you need to build um, to take action against those plans because other you know you don't and then I find in business and you'd have to agree and leadership accountability is, is amazing. What what I find in the and see I, this is a discussion, uh, Deb. I'm not I'm not saying it's always right, but often leaders because of where they've got to the accountability that they people below the leader are uncomfortable giving the leader feedback that might not be, um, what's the right word? Positive. Yeah. Uh, and I, and uh, one of the things I do, and I, I imagine you do as well, is I'm not using the term 360 feedback, but you get feedback loops where you find out from below you, uh, you know, how's how's this being received? What the hell does this look? Does, does, that, does that ring true for yourself as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, it um, reminds me of um, Patrick Mencioni's latest book, which is called The Motive, um, which is a, a great story. It's a short story. And like a lot of his books, it's a fable. So it's easy to read. Um, but in that, he talks about, you know, um, the two leadership motives that there are. The, the first being the reward-centered leadership, the second one being responsibility-centered leadership. So, you know, reward-centered um, leadership is that belief that the leader might have that they're, they're a leader because of all the hard work they've done, um, you know, that they should be free to be able to choose whatever they want to work on and that kind of thing. And the responsibility-centered leader is one who believes that being a leader is about responsibility, it's about... Um, the experience uh, of leading may be difficult, it may be challenging at, at times, um, and but there will be some personal gratification in that. And I think, I think you're right. You know, Lencioni talks about the fact that we have both motives running within us as a leader, but tapping in and getting feedback from our people can really keep us honest. It can keep us pointing to our true north, so that we don't sort of become a bit self-obsessed and, and you know. Too much ego in the game can be a problem. Yeah, and it's particularly prevalent in the in the smaller, or shall we say, mid business sector, where the owner of the business has built the business from um, X to X times twenty, 
and he's always owned the business and he's always done this and and leadership is about growing and change as well so you know when you've got a business owner who has been there 20 years and he owns a business it's very hard for him to not only hear criticism but to have, it's very hard for him and one of your i would have thought respectfully core things to set up the mechanism so that it's not seen as um you know someone slapping him it's seen as hey we want this business to go from x times 20 to x times 200 for this you know we need you as our leader to do this and do that. Would, have you had that? Is that your experience as well in, in that sort of size of businesses? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what happens so much, um, and we see this a lot in New Zealand, of course, because so much of our, you know, commercial market, if you look at, at businesses, a big chunk of them are, are small um, to medium-sized family businesses. And what happens with that, I think, is there's, there's no distinction between the identity of the business and the identity of the business owner. And, you know, um, what we need to try and create is a bit of a healthy separation from that. So that, you know, it doesn't mean that the business owner is still not as committed, as motivated and all that kind of thing about what they're doing. Of course they are. But the business is not them. And having that separation around those identities, if you like, I think ultimately makes it easier for a leader as that business grows to incorporate more of that feedback and have a culture where other people in the business are able to express their ideas and their opinions and it not be taken personally. So th that's, that's great. The, the other thing you mentioned was about building building relationships, um, not, uh, relationships with people, not just for the now, but yeah. for the three years, five years, ten years of not only your business life, your, your leadership life. Um, I, I support that. So tell, could you give us some more details about that? Firstly, how would you go about that? Most most people I work with, are, they'd say they're time poor. What they are is time inefficient. Um, yeah. They're time poor. But, you know, so how important is that? And, and give us some examples of how you'd where you'd go to do that or what you'd think of doing, you know, how that would work. Yeah, sure. So one of the first things I often do, you know, when people are looking at their relationships and the relationships they need to have, they very much focus on where they are now. Um, what I, I often get the people I work with to do is, you know, project yourself out. 10 years, whatever the distance is for you that's comfortable. Project yourself out there. Get really clear on what you're doing. You know, what is the mission? What, um, what are you achieving? What are the kinds of conversations you're having with people? Um, how do you feel when all of that's ticking along? So you're actually, you put yourself out there as if you've already achieved it all. And then what I often get them to do is to go, okay, so look around you from that place. Who's in your world? Who are the key relationships that you have? Um, and so we work backwards from that. We kind of go, well, okay, if that's who you need to have in, you know, in, in that picture down in the future, what are we now, what do we need to do if we come back to now to start cultivating and getting those relationships within our sphere? Okay. I'm going to share something with you that I, when you were just saying that, I was going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was spinning around. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a business coach consultant and I believe in what I do and as do you. So I have a, a business coach who, who I work with for me and he gave me this the other week when we're, we're growing and, you know, like all people at this time. And he said, Kerry, he said, listen, think, think of this, Deb. In your neighborhood, you're used to the street names. So what would the street names be if you shifted neighborhoods? And I sat there for about a moment going, 
what on earth was he talking about? And he said, well, currently your neighborhood is, you don't have the experience, you don't know, have the knowledge, you don't know the comments, you don't have the technology, you don't do this. He says, if you move to a new neighborhood where it was, you had the technology, you had the knowledge, you had this, you had that, you were this, what sort of house would you be living in in that neighborhood? And, and I actually, as I say, as you were talking, I was grabbing my notes from my session with him, and it's the same as the business owners and, and managers uh, tend to pigeonhole themselves. This is where we are, and, and you're right, thinking forward. But I'm going to pick you up on something you said. You said, quote, unquote, Deb, you said your mission, your conversation. So what you're doing is leadership as the individual, not the business. Have I got that right? Yes, I think, yeah. So the business has its own identity, which, yes, is always created by the leader, but there needs to, you know, there's that healthy separation I was talking about. Um, so as the, if you're the leader and the business owner, um, creating that picture, there's two pictures, actually. There's what's my picture for me personally as a leader in my career, and then there's another picture around what does the future look like for my business? So when I work with leaders around these dashboards, I actually give them two, one for their personal career, one for their business career. And that way they can keep it, they can maintain a healthy separation, but they can also see where those two things overlap. Does that okay, make that's fair enough. I think. So you said in, in earlier that there were tools. What could someone do if they could... Are there, is there online reading you can do? What would be two two things that someone could do? You know, if, if just just I find learning for me, and I think a lot of people do. You have to make a start. Does mm -hmm. does that make sense? It's like you know, we we might all agree we could hope to lose ten kgs as long as we sit on this call and talk to each other. Deb, I'm sorry to tell you, we're not going to lose that ten kgs. I mean, I need to lose it definitely. But but what I need to do is go out and go for a walk. Just, I'm not going to lie to you and go and go for a 10k. I, I could tell you I'll go for a 10k run, but that would be, might be a, not quite true. So we go for. So what could we? we you know, we've got these not only young leaders, we've got leaders now that have got a, the power of, of of pressure on their shoulders. You know, we've both got clients who've got 20, 30, 70, 100 employees, so they've got 100 mortgages they're responsible for, three or four hundred people, and that's a crapload of pressure. So where would you start if you're thinking, holy crap, that man, you know? This is just not working. Where would you make a start? Yeah. So um, my bias, of course, is that you unpack your inner game. Because, and yes, that, that involves working with someone to do that. Um, but the value in doing that is that you don't spend all this time, and we're talking about people who already feel like they're time poor, chasing after things that aren't really going to help shift the dial for them. So that gives you some clarity around, okay, for me as a leader, because my leadership game is going to be completely different to anyone else's. You know, we're all this wonderful, um, gorgeous, happy mess of a human. Um, and so my, my derailers and my strengths are going to be very different to someone else. So I need to understand my stuff. Um, once I've got that, then I can go about and go, okay, who are some of the leaders that I really admire out there? know that I really think are awesome and what are seven or eight traits of that leader that I really like and equally do the flip side 
we probably all had leaders that mm, we were less than impressed with, or we know people who have had leaders that they were less than impressed with. What are their seven or eight key traits? And from that, that's a really useful exercise to kind of go, okay, I, I know what I like in that leader and I know what I don't like. Now, if I consider myself, how am I showing up when I look at those two lists? Do I see the stuff on the leader that I like? Is that within my current re repertoire or not? Does it give me something to work towards? Am I doing anything on the list of my worst leader? And if so, hmm, what do I want to do about that? Because there's often some irony involved in, in, in that list. So that would be one thing that someone could do if they couldn't do anything else is start to get clear around the traits that, that you want to be able to show in your own leadership. Deb, that, that was brilliant. I'd like to just take a little segue into that. Um, I ask all of my clients at the first meeting, ask them two questions. And I, I seek your, your, this is a, once again, you know, throw, throw it at me. Mm -hmm. I say to them, tell me a business owner or a world leader that you admire and you would spend 10, maybe $25,000 for one hour. The number of business owners look at me and go, I wouldn't spend $25,000 for anyone. And I go, woo, woo, woo. How many good ideas, good thoughts do you have to get out of that hour to make it worth $25,000? Yeah. And they, 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 they look at you like you're on another planet because who would spend $25,000 to, to spend an hour with one person? And I go, well, so I give them a list of people and I could list you 100 people that I'd spend 25, but I haven't got 2,500 25,000 times 100 people, $100. But, you know, and then we have that discussion. And then I go, okay, so who would you walk out of the room when they walked in? Obviously, actually, just out of interest, the most common thing at the moment is Donald Trump walked in, <laughs> they'd walk out. But I, so then we have, the, and it's an interesting, what you were saying about, about uh, you know, who do you most like? I, I encourage all my clients, and I, I went, this is where I was heading maybe, is that I think what business leaders need to do is read about leadership. Grab, a, grab an autobiography or an un, uh, unauthorized autobiography about someone. It can be someone they like, someone they don't like. Listen to an audio book. As soon as you do that, um, I, I get audio books possibly as you do all the time. And, and you listen to the first paragraph, sorry, first chapter and you go, no way, not for me. That's great because you've made, for me, you've made a decision. I don't like that. I don't want anything to do with that. That's not me, if that makes sense. Yeah. But you'll listen to it. And I've just recently... Um, uh, finished the Michelle Obama book mm. and um, stunning, just stunning. You know, um, I have to agree. I have to say I don't agree with some of her politics, um, vastly black and white. Don't agree. But the book is a great, you know, this is a great woman who's done great things. So, yeah, so that and I never thought of the other one of actually doing much more on who you don't. Because if you actually I think if you got into a discussion about the man of the hour, Donald Trump, one percent of what he does is probably OK. Or ten percent of what he does is probably okay. It's just, you know, it's interesting. Um, hmm. So, do you agree? Reading, doing that study is a good thing to do. Absolutely. Get get clear. Get some clarity around how you do want to be and how you don't want to be. Then go and seek the books, the podcasts, the um, the TED talks, all that stuff that support where you want to go. You've got to get the clarity first, though. Because yep. as you know, you know, you put something into the Google and you're going to get so many things come back at you. Yep. So you'd need to have a little bit of clarity so you can apply some focus on the stuff that, that is really going to help you shift the goal. Now about, seems a long time ago, you mentioned derailers. There must be some common 
derail us, the leaders, where they, they're going along and they think that, and then the wheel, so there must be a, a few common derailers, Deb, that, so could you share those? Yeah, sure. Um, so in the diagnostics that I use, there's actually 11 derailers, um, and I won't go through all of them, of course, but a couple of, of high derailers could be around, uh, one is scepticism. So the thing with a derailer, right, is that to a certain point, it's a strength and it's really valuable and we want to keep using it. Then there's times when it just tips us over the edge and it's a bit much. And that's when it can start to have a negative impact on our reputation. So as a high skeptic, what does that look like? At its best, you're able to kind of read between the lines. You can pick up on political and social cues really easily. Uh, but at its worst, when it tips over, we start to really distrust. And so we, we always think that someone has a hidden agenda and that they're out to get us. You know, there's good people and bad people and oh boy, you know, so that's at its, at its worst. So skepticism is one. Um, another uh, derailer could be that you're, you're really diligent. So when you're under pressure or stressed, you become really vigilant around doing the right thing. And what that can mean for a leader is they'll often pop upwards. So they'll start to become, they'll spend more time with their leader or someone that they trust that might help share this, the load of stress, um, but they can then neglect their own people underneath them. So there's, there's always flip sides to these things. So that would be another one. Um, and, and that just looks like someone who can't make a decision, they're constantly checking in, uh, when they've made those decisions lots of times, but they're just really under pressure or stress, so, you know, they're on high alert. Um, so they're two of the, the, the derailers that I, um, you know, out of the 11 that often crop up. Okay, it's, it's interesting. Um, Scepticism, I agree, you know, and diligence. Uh, would you say that optimism could be a common derailer, be, or, or is that just something that every? I'm a great believer that every, the people follow optimistic people. Uh, but you know, is there a, is there a, a, a time at which you know you just really have to face the facts? You know, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Um, actually, on the scales that I use, it's called high imaginative, and what that looks like is um, all of a sudden that optimist is like 150% and it looks like the weirdest, craziest ideas you've ever heard of. And you, so as someone on the receiving end of it, you're kind of going, where on earth did that come from? But under normal circumstances, it's that really positive energy around, there's always a way, we'll find a solution, we've got this covered. Um, but then, yeah, when it tips a bit too far, um, it, it gets to the point where people just switch off. It's like, this is a bit weird or crazy or I'm not, you know, not connecting with this idea. So, Deb, what do we, what, what should, we've, we're now hopefully only a few days or maybe a week from coming out of this, but what should a good leader, what should a great leader, what should we be doing right now today? What should we hang up this podcast from doing and what should we do in the next, say, seven days, not only for us, but for our, our business, our community, our family? Uh, what, what should a great leader be doing like right now for them and by the way for themselves as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I think first of all, if we go from the inside out, so for themselves, give yourself some time, you know, get to a quiet place, do some reflection around where do you actually want to be? Because you might have done this earlier in the year before COVID even existed. 
And look, things look really different now. So give yourself the benefit of some, some time and go back and sort of readdress those plans and see are they still relevant for me now or not or do I need to tweak them? What do I need to do? So do, definitely do that. Keep the communication really clear with your people, your, your team at work. Um, they are also probably, you know, really concerned about what's happening, where we're going. So the more clear you can be around where the business is going, what that looks like, the better off for everybody. Um, checking in with your people as well to just make sure that from a health and wellness perspective, they're still okay. Um, you know, it may be that you want to have some form of communication strategy or after the announcement today, if you're in Auckland or if you're in New Zealand, you know, how might you connect back out with your people? It could be a Zoom, a group Zoom call, whatever it looks like for you, but connect and just make sure that everyone's good with uh, what's coming next. Um, family, it's always really challenging, isn't it? Um, all of a sudden we're back in our homes and people um, are talking, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm working from home. And I often go, well, no, not if you've never done that before. You're not working from home. You're at home trying to work, which is a very different thing. So you, you're at home, you've got family around you, you're all trying to find a space and a room that you can do your thing. Um, so it's, it's, you know, make sure you have those boundary times around when is it family time, when is it work time, and, and how can I create a bit of separation? Because um, that's, that's a, a big challenge for people at the moment. And community, look, it's the thing, isn't it? You know, when you do go out for that walk every day, which I hope everyone's doing, or the run, or whatever it is, you know, saying hi to people. I, did you notice, Kerry? I noticed when we came out of first lockdown that within a couple of weeks, people had reverted right back to the head down, marching on, not not acknowledging or talking to people. Um, so I think, you know, let's keep doing that. That's good stuff. That's good energy. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll share a little story with you. Uh, on Saturday, we went to a countdown, and as you'd know, there was a queue. Always there's a queue now at countdown. And I was standing there. Uh, you're only allowed to take one person in. And I don't know if that's even a rule at the moment. But I was, my son was with me because um, we were getting some <coughs> some uh, food for the neighbours who are older than me. Hard to believe there are people older than me. Um, and anyway, we stood in the queue, and I was standing there, and I started to sing. Now, I, oh, by the way, I'm not a singer. Um, don't don't think this is anything worth listening to. But uh, my son, who's old old you know university he looked at me with this absolute look on his face of i'm going to say um firstly disowned secondly he was i'm sure he was going to go back three people but then he here's what happened the lady who was two meters from me because you have to be two meters she started singing yeah. and there were four or five of us singing th this little ditty song and it was the funniest thing um as we went around oh, half an hour later getting your groceries you walk down the aisle of cat food, baby food, whatever. And then there's this person who'd, who'd go in the other way, who'd give it a wave, you know, <laughs> how are you? you know, and I, I, I actually think that the community that we built during the first four or five week lockdown was outstanding. And as you say, you go for a run, go for a walk, every, even if you had your headphones on and were running or walking, so, as someone went past you, they'd give you the wave or whatever, you know. But yeah, I, I, it, it will revert back, but we, we need to do better. Deb, got a couple of minutes to go, so two things come on hit us with your two best things that a leader should do to improve themselves and in this first thing just give us one but then tell us how to get hold of yourself because you know you're a guru at what you do 
and it would be great if anyone, you know, just to check out your website or have a conversation or send you an email or, or just, just throw something at a whiteboard, you know, I would highly recommend that. So give us one thing and then tell us how, how we work, how we get to sit down with Deb Bailey. Sure. So one thing I would suggest to leaders right now would be be okay with the fact that this is a journey. It's not a destination. And so it's incremental steps. What's one thing I can do today to make my leadership better? It might be reading an article. It could be speaking to somebody who knows something about a topic. Whatever it is, it's the journey. And, you know, it just goes on and on and on. So I think once we slip into those shoes as opposed to thinking, oh, you know, in six months I will have made it and I'll have everything. You know, that's, that's, that's going to be a recipe for disaster. So it's a journey. That would be the one thing I would say. Um, and how you can get hold of me? Look, I would love to speak with anyone. You can, you can find me at deb-bailey.com um, or deb at deb-bailey.com is my email address. So um, thank you for the opportunity. Deb, it's been great. I'd just like to share something with you that I, I, I feel. Um, 90% of the business owners or leaders that I work alongside and work with for some gosh-dashed reason think they're the only bugger with this problem. They're the only person who's feeling this threat. And there's no one else in the world. And I just think that what we need to do is remember that if you're a leader with these problems, I'll be prepared to bet a dollar fifty that there's someone else 100 metres from you with exactly the same bloody problem. You know, how do I deal with this staff member? How do I deal with this cash flow? What am I going to do about the landlord? How's it going to work? You know, does it? So I think what we need to do is start being a lot kinder to each other. And I don't like that word because it's a government word, but a lot more communicative. Communicative. Have another go. Communicative. Uh, you know, like, and I, how I always say to say to and see what you think of this. I always say, if someone said to you, "Hey, Deb, look, I'm having a, a challenge with a, an employee that did this," would you tell them? to go to hell, you don't want to listen. No, we would all listen. And we as human beings, we just, we want to help other people. So would you agree that we're not alone? We just have to, sh just not suggest you be soft and fluffy, but just tell me, hey, I need a hand with this. What do you think? Do, do you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, there's, you know, Brené Brown talks a lot about courage and vulnerability. And, you know, people think, oh, that's a bit fluffy. But all it is is asking for help when you need it. And we all need help from time to time. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, it actually gives the other person an opportunity to, to step up and share their wisdom and their, their knowledge. So totally agree with you. Yeah. Thanks very much. Hey, everybody. That's been Kerry Wood, the business maestro, and Deb Bailey from Deb Bailey Consulting on Leadership. You need to have listened to this and taken lots of notes. It'll be on the back of my website or you need to make contact with Deb to have a conversation about your leadership. You're not alone out there, but it is hard. So you just got to put your shoulder to the flywheel and keep pushing, but keep believing in only two things. One is believe in yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be good to yourself. Celebrate. But the second thing is remember that it's there's the, the old PEP principle. It's not permanent. It'll, there'll always be another day. It's not everything. No matter what happens, it's not everything. You've still got your family, you've still got both legs, and it's not personal. It's just happening around you. Once again, this has been Kerry Wood, the business maestro. Till next time. If you took something away from this podcast, or if you know someone that is on their business journey who will find this really valuable, be sure to share this wealth of knowledge with them. 
And don't forget to subscribe however you're listening to this. And if you're a business owner who needs a bit of boom, join the Business Ensemble on Facebook and continue today's conversation. <laughs> <laughs>